hi, and welcome to the Hands-On Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you from a Volvo XC60 driving down Highway 1 in British Columbia. Um, John Dudley of Knock On TV and I were returning to Vancouver to fly home from a black bear hunt. And we go over our black bear hunt, uh, talk about our successes and my failures. Um, we give a preview of UFC 211. Um, and we go into depth uh, about a couple other topics and, and have some fun. Enjoy. Freaking, freaking A. All right, welcome to the Hands On Podcast. You might have to talk louder, Jim. You've been very soft spoken today. Well, because I was on the knock-on podcast, and I have to be polite, and I have to make sure I don't swear, because the last time... You're actually allowed to swear on my podcast, I'm not on no, PBS. No, no, you, you, didn't you pull down the one that we did in the hotel in uh, Indianapolis? What? I thought you, I thought you pulled it. I think Sharon did, because she was embarrassed, because you talked about stabbing a guy. <laughs> <laughs> stuff we had we talked about and then we weren't recording oh yeah that's yeah. right so <laughs> so this this uh this podcast is, is uh being recorded on what are we on route one or something like that we're actually on uh, highway one highway 97 yeah. and we'll connect into highway, highway one uh venturing into vancouver mm-hmm. for a uh close to midnight sushi run if we can find a sushi restaurant otherwise we're gonna we're gonna destroy that united uh the united executive lounge buffet (laughs) i'm gonna smash some some granola and berries and uh crappy fake cappuccino yeah we'll, we'll find some sushi um but yeah we were uh we're coming back from a black bear hunt where were we? North of where? God only knows. Yeah. We... Bumble? Bumble? We, <laughs> what was like that? There was a cool little place called something like yeah. that. But no, we went to Williams Lake, and then we drove about another hour and 45 minutes up into the hills. Mm-hmm. We were... I think the highest we were hunting was a little over 6,000 feet. Right? Yeah, something like that. Or was it four? It was four. Oh, 4,000. <laughs> Slightly yeah. off. Slightly off. It was probably 31,000, I think. Something like that. Um, but yeah, we had a we had a good week. Um, some successes, some failures. Such yeah. is life, such Jim is, Miller. Such is life. Um, and by failures, I mean I failed. And then I got ripped for days until I yelled at a bear. <laughs> and then I got ripped for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're sneaking around and you finally see a bear after a few days of not seeing one, and you yell, BEAR! BEAR! Like that. <laughs> and, like, your windows are down. The window is totally down. And both of your guides are like, yeah, he, he heard probably, us. probably shouldn't yell at him. <laughs> he was a little guy. 
I mean, at that point, he probably was a shooter, but... Uh, no. You were selective. I, I was, was proud selective. of you. I was selective. You had... You, literally, you went out the first night. I was jealous. You went out and had two giant... Two opportunities at a giant. Yeah. Literally, the... You could have been tagged out before we technically even were supposed to start hunting. Yeah. Because the next day was our first full day. Yeah. And you could have already tagged. Yeah. But that's that's life. That's his life. That's how that's how it goes. You gotta you get kicked off that horse, you gotta get back on. That's what you gotta do, Jim that's Miller, right. for UFC two thirteen. Yeah. Time to get back on that bitch and that's ride right. it. See that swear word I threw out? <laughs> I don't even swear He's for like, Joe I, Rogan. Yeah, I can swear now. Shit. Fuck. Balls. Yeah, we can go full-blown Tourette's. Bitch. <laughs> I didn't even properly introduce you. Did I? Well, there's no just, point. Yeah. I'm not proper. So, I d- I for, the, for, those, for those that don't know, uh, I'm sitting in a sweet... Volvo XC60, right, with uh, with John Dudley himself. Archery coach of the stars. Yeah, I shoot archery people. Yeah. They're probably like, who the hell is that? Yeah. Who, what? He is, he is like... We talk about you a lot on the podcast, too. The, the, the hands-on podcast is about, you know, we we live uh, the, the martial arts lifestyle, you know, very disciplined. Not really, but uh, talk about MMA, and then we talk about pretty much everything else. It's ridiculous, and stupid, and stuff we do. If you would have so introduced been, me as your nunchuck coach, my nunchuck coach, would people have <laughs> thought, "Oh, that's my, cool. my pork chop coach." <laughs> uh, I want a pork chop you so bad, <laughs> but I know what's coming uh, yeah, if I do. Bucket. Actually, I tried. I tried to. Uh, to give Jim a titty twister, um, and he totally pulled a, a wax on move. Like I went in for a for a nipple you, pinch, you, you, and you like I'm like, was that freaking wax on? You're like, yeah, <laughs> full blown wax on. Mr. Miyagi would have been so proud of that. Should have doubled up with a crane kick. That fooled your ass. <laughs> Actually, if you did the crane. Nipple pinch. Yeah, that'd be, be sneaky. Not fake with the, fake with the leg, but go in high. Yeah. That's the way to do it. <coughs> um. Yeah. So we had a, we had a good week. Um, you slayed one. And slayed sounds brutal. It, it does sound brutal. I I'd say it was the most efficient. Yes. Archery kill uh, that I've ever seen. I ethically exercised yeah. my ability to abide yeah. the rules and regulations yeah. set forth by the hunting brotherhood, um, brotherhood and of sisterhood. commissions of the traveling pans. Of the traveling Peter Pans. Um, <laughs> like, for, for anyone that doubts, like, oh, because there's a, we've, We've talked about it on the, on our show before about like the ethics and how sometimes there's infighting in hunting. Yeah. And how unfortunately how 
you know, rifle hunters say, well, archery, you know, you're wounding stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then archery hunters are like, well, you know, you guys are using too much technology and you're shooting things from 300 yards away. And then even in archery, there's infighting. There's, oh, well, you're shooting a crossbow or you're shooting a, you know, the, the compound guys give the traditional guys crap because it's, they end up wounding more game. Yeah. And then the traditional guys give the compound guys crap because, oh, well, you're, you're, you got wheels on your bow and all this stuff. And it's all just, it pisses me off to be, to be perfectly blunt about it. But I've spent more time listening to complaints about that from you right now than I have ever really? in my own. Yeah. I, I just, um, I just want everyone to, uh, whether you like hunting or dislike hunting, if you dislike it, then don't look at it. Yeah. If I don't like gun hunting, I just, I don't look at gun hunting type things. I don't like look through a gun hunting magazine. I like archery and try to be as efficient as I can at it. And I know people that the only way they get out and enjoy the outdoors is if they have a crossbow. Mm -hmm. Actually, my buddy Chad, you know Chad Ward? Yep. Chad's a big guy. He's a barbecue pit master. And the reality is Chad really, he's he's has this like drive to experience hunting in the outdoors because he went on, did he do two with us or one? I can't remember. One hunt with us? He was there for a few days? Yeah. Um, but he just couldn't believe how passionate people were about their food when they're the ones that actually harvested it. Yeah. And he's a, I mean, he's like one of the most well-known pit masters there is. And he's just like, man, I like, my life is food. My life is on a grill. And I just appreciate how much you guys are passionate about prepping your game, cleaning your game, coming up with like, what's my new recipe? You know, what kind of recipe can I figure out to cook a wild hog front shoulder? Whereas, you know, they've kind of just got their, their cookie-cutter go-tos, right? Yeah. We're trying to figure out what's the best way to have something that we've never prepared for, before. And Chad is a big dude. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'm going to guess his weight, but, you know, I want him to get into hunting. And I kind of said, hey, dude, if you ever want to do it, let me know. And he's like, I just, my travel schedule and everything, I just don't know if I have the time to really feel good about going out and hunting with a bow yeah. and he said but I know that I don't want to use a gun because you know I really like the archery side and he said I think I would like to try a crossbow because I feel like I could be good enough to be ethical with it without having to like have a major commitment and I actually got him one yeah yeah I'm gonna give it to him and uh, actually in two weeks I'm gonna give it to him he's he's gonna be uh, coming to Wisconsin or Wisconsin Iowa, and I'm going to give him uh, that crossbow and just teach him how to shoot it and sight it in for him, and then him and I are doing a cookout at Yeti, uh, the flagship store for a bunch of people that want to learn archery for the first time, and uh, I'm going to have Chad go on a little hog hunt with me, so hey, more power to him. I mean, there's no room to hate. We're all outdoors, man. Exactly, and it 
like my my father can't pull back a bow anymore. Like he's strong enough to do it. His shoulder's not strong enough to do it. He's yeah, got, he's got nothing left in his in his left uh, left shoulder. Uh, and then my wife actually, she I got her a bow a year and a half ago, and she's pretty good at thirty yards with it. Um, you know, we were just kind of working on her getting comfortable with it, but she's got a bad right shoulder. And then she just dislocated a couple weeks ago trying to throw some water balloon at me. So, <laughs> I saw yeah. I saw your pile of water balloons. Yeah. That was awesome. So I uh I, I was I was very impressed. Um I sunk that thing back in for her right there on the spot. And uh Jesus. Two days later she ran a half marathon. <laughs> so Jeez. Yeah. Put her in the ring. Seriously. Um but yeah, she, she shot my crossbow before. And she's actually a better shot than I am with it. I, I, I which know. the bear is thankful for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You, you know, she did outshoot Pat and I. So. Jeez. Well, that's awesome. That's I like yeah. to hear it. So. Uh, but yeah, like I, I never, I don't know, I, I never got any of the infighting. I don't understand it. Because it's like. It comes down to... What about the infighting within the UFC? Oh, uh, well, again, that's all just... It's all bickering, man. I heard BJ Penn called you a punk-ass bitch-ho. I doubt BJ Penn called me. <laughs> that's how easy it starts, yeah. though. Yeah. Do it. People say, did you hear what he said? Did no. He said? No. no. We, he, he said something on Twitter, and then he deleted it. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's or this guy said that he wants to fight you and said you were turning the fight down. What's no. cool about MMA is it's like, it's not like school talk back when you were in the cafeteria and someone said, yeah, I want to fight you. Mm-hmm. Like, someone says it to you, you can be like, really? When? Like, yeah. when? Let's yeah. make some money. Yeah. Let's freaking make it rain. Yeah. Like, I, I, I never understood all the squabbling because it's we we get the opportunity we get the opportunity to step inside the, the octagon with each other like most of the fighters I've met have actually been way more cordial than the average dickhead that you bounce into at a bar at night because <laughs> you guys get to get it all out yeah I mean I feel like you know I'm, I always really enjoyed relieving my stress like on like one of my long mountain bike rides or love you know if I'm ever feeling tense and half pissed off I'll throw a kettlebell around a bit and I feel like I can get it out surely with you it's the same way you're like man I'm burned out I don't want to hit another guy in the face tonight it's not it's not worth it I I'm not gonna sit here and say that I make Conor McGregor money but I make too much money fighting people to not make anybody money fighting someone, you know. Uh, yeah, the other night when I'm like, "Let's go, freaking Jim!" I backed out. Yeah. You're like, "Yeah, listen, put it on the contact Dana. Yeah, let's get this in the ring, or even in the gym. I got a cage in the gym. I told you, one leg kick shot me right down. I don't know if I want to experience Big tipper that. Fall hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah." least teach me a d- defense for that first. Yeah. No. I mean, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna give me a 
shot at least let me protect myself. I normally just wear soccer shin guards every day. Whenever I hang out with my UFC friends. You still gotta use the shin guard though. The whole idea is to not hit shin to shin. Well, tell me, what is it? What's Pretend that? that everyone listened to the Handsome Brothers the podcast. Handsome, the, handsome, the Handsome Podcast? <laughs> the Handsome Podcast. Pretend they don't know. I mean, that's what I have to do when, I, when I'm when i having a podcast for my archery followers. There's always the people on there like, let me guess, dude, you're going to talk about how to tie a knock point on and, <laughs> and uh, redo a D-loop. Uh yeah, I might talk about that because there's a lot of people that have never freaking heard of it. As much as I talk about it, there's also 20 questions a day coming in that say that go right back to the basics. Hey, I love archery. I just started shooting archery for the first time. I want to start to learn to do my own stuff. So let's go to that. Let's pretend you're riding around in a car with a guy that just shoots people and shoots stuff and stabs people for a living like me but I don't know how to leg kick what is the technique Jim Miller to, to leg kick someone um, it's it's all about balance you know and like a leg kick is harder on the kicker than throwing a high kick like a body kick or a head kick because you're gonna when you throw a leg kick you're catching your own weight like, you're actually trying to, like, squat down and basically do a one-legged squat as you do it. Where a higher kick, you throw it, and you kind of let the weight of your leg pull you through. Yeah, so it's it, inertia. It's, if you're yeah. throwing a high kick, you've got so, the momentum of your leg. So leg kickers usually gas out quicker than high kickers. Um, like, if you're throwing a, a lot of volume of low kicks, uh, it's more tiring than, than throwing, like... Because you're having to engage because, your off leg, yeah. Because and you're actually, having to go into more like a squat. Yes, exactly. Um, I like to hop into them. Like when I throw it, I kind of like jump into it because it takes my head off of line, and that's one of the biggest things. Um, I myself will eat a leg kick in order to punch somebody in the face. So when throwing a leg kick, you have to be prepared that the person that you're kicking is going to be trying to punch you at the same time. Because you know your balance is going back. Yeah, and it's just that's what you you know, like when you're throwing the leg kick, a lot of times hands come down. You know, opposite hand should be up, but it, it does come down. Um, so it's people are usually vulnerable to get punched if their head is on line. So I like to hop into it because it carries me out and it carries my weight through, um, and really like. That type of stuff, like whether it's taking a taking a kick to the legs or it's or it's actually doing it, uh, it all comes down to conditioning um, and, and re- repetition. Like, there's no way to just tell somebody, okay, well, somebody's gonna kick you in the leg. I mean, you can teach somebody to check, but knowing what it looks like when somebody's trying to throw a kick and knowing to throw your check up. Uh, is a totally different thing and then absorbing a leg kick there's nothing there's no special technique to taking a shot to the side of the thigh um it's it comes through kind of just beating it (laughs) 
doing the work. And weirdly enough, it's one of my favorite things to do is to, to do lake conditioning. Well, it's kind of a, it's kind of an endorphin rush. Listen, all I can tell you is <laughs> your last fight. It was, it was actually the first fight that I've ever watched where, you know, I, I really wholeheartedly like cared for the guy that was fighting. So, I mean, I was lit, I felt like I was hurting watching the freaking <laughs> leg kicks you were dishing out, dude. And I knew that. I mean, I knew that you had to have been hurting because you could you could see it, but obviously your heart was like pulling you through. And but I also wish you could be watching yourself to where you, I think you were one more leg yeah. kick away from ending that yeah. sucker, man. God, that one like one more leg kick and that tree was coming down because I th I think he was almost broken at that point he, he was so what do you what, like when you throw that leg kick where are you wanting what part of your are you are you trying to land the top of your foot no you're no to, you don't want to kick with your foot not a not when you're kicking low um i mean you'd ideally hit with your shin wherever you're kicking you want to you want to hit with your shin is there a certain part so that it doesn't snap in half like, are, um, is it stronger at the top than it is at the bottom of your shin? Or? It is. Yeah, it is. Your, your bone is, is a little bit wider at the top. Yeah. So, but it's kind of like one of those trade-offs. Like, uh, you want to hit with the sweet spot, which is a little bit, like, centered to a little bit low, uh, like, towards the foot. But you're going to have a heavier kick. And it's going to be easier to absorb if you hit a knee or something like that. If you hit a little bit higher and closer to your own knee. Um, and where, ideally, where are you trying to land? Where are you trying to land on the other person? Yeah. Like, just um, talk through the basics, I, dude. Jesus. Well, the the low kick. Like I know what you're the, talking the about. The low kick is is one of those things where it's like it's kind of a uh, a stupid technique. Like, hey, you know, this is going to hurt us both. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you're just kicking <laughs> yeah. the dog shit out yeah. of each other's shins. Yeah, well, that's basically but, what would it is. Would you rather land on the side of the calf though? So you're yeah. So you're literally so, Charlie horsing that that calf so bad that you can't put weight on it. Well, the the better spots to land are going to be like just above the knee, uh, or just below the hip. That's where the nerve that runs along the outside of your thigh. Um, yeah, because your IT band runs and yeah. connects there. Correct. Yes. So, so do you, and your sciatic runs down the outside. Yeah. yeah. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to hit that nerve, and if you if you bury it, um, you know that leg goes numb and, and the person can't stand. Um, and that's what you're that's what you're aiming for in most cases. The low one is really just to kind of dis, disrupt somebody. Um, like I use it a lot as uh, to keep as like your a, distance. A, yeah, it's like a. Uh, Something to just knock my opponent like off of their rhythm. Yeah. Particularly when I go against righties, I, I throw that the inside calf kick a lot because you, one, you're hitting more meat on the inside than you are on the outside, like I was in the last one. But um, you're hitting more meat, and it's just a an easier target. Blows the hip out, so guys they don't like that. So then they they're hesitant hesitant about stepping in. Um, but yeah, going going like lefty lefty righty righty throwing the, the, the low 
uh, outside kick is just you're going to hit shin. It's going to be shin on shin. And, <laughs> um, it's kind of one of those things like you better well, train yeah, on some bad is my Yeah, is my, is my shin tougher than your shin? Um, and the, kind of the way I've always looked at it is like if I'm going to control the pain, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, we're both hurting, but I'm the one. I'm the one doing it. But it's one of those things too. Is like I didn't start. Is it, is it more of a factor of you getting used to the pain that you feel when you go bone on bone, and you're just like, okay, I know this hurts like a bitch, but it goes away. Or can you can you strengthen that just by continually you doing it? You can to strengthen where you the callus, the bone. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, you end up hardening the bone a little bit by by kicking things and by hitting things and, and that's kind of the way bones seem to work yeah uh, wolf's law and they get they get tougher uh when like through shock so Son of a bitch. you look at like these tie fighters and they've been kicking tires and stuff like that since they were little kids and their shins are like way harder than mine unfortunately i didn't start like learning how to kick until into my MMA career, basically. Um, you know, I a buddy of mine that does. Um, I don't know if you have I ever talked about Lester, the guy that worked on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lester does. Um, you watched? Yeah. He's a little freaking muscle ninja. Yeah. He's from down in Tulsa. If if you're ever uh, if you're ever in need of someone who truly knows body repair, he was. Uh, he talked to you about his background. He fought Muay Thai um, for a long time, and I think he said he was a world champion or something. And he told me about all this stuff he trained over in Asia. And I mean, I think I can't remember if he kicked, like showed me something where he kicked two baseball bats in half yeah. or something. Two Louisville sluggers. I mean, that's ridiculous to even think about, but. He just said that when you start to do it, once you do one, then all of a sudden they, they kind of build this through your head to where you don't have the doubt. You know, yeah. you just know I'm breaking through that or it's going to break me. Yeah. So you kind of have to to go one way or another. Yeah, yeah I remember, uh, I, forgot, I forgot what he told me his coach told him, but it's, it's almost a barbaric mentality. You get to the the point where, like in the when you when you're in the fight or you're doing something like that, you know it's gonna hurt, and you accept it. And for some people, what's the pain like? If you were to describe it, um, it's kind of like just a, a sharp, you know, like it. I don't know, like you got whipped with something really. No, no, it's it's not. It's not necessarily you ever been whipped the... with a car antenna. <laughs> no, but I've been whipped with like a one of those like plastic jump ropes. Uh, I've been whipped with a, a few things. I'm talking something hard with a metal ball on the end. No, yeah, I've never, I've never been. I came out, out of a, a bar one time, <laughs> and a guy took took a full blown car antenna, like a truck antenna, across the back of my legs <laughs> as hard as he could. Dude, I, I like. It instantly made me so freaking mad. Yeah. I reached, I mean, it stung and burned, and it hurt like a son of a bitch. I fell back there, and the welt was so big. <laughs> I mean, 
I just went into spaz out mode. He thought it'd be funny, but no, it yeah, no, really wasn't funny. <laughs> so I didn't know if it would. I it's mean, different, I would, it's different pain because there's impact. Because it's not. Well, it's not like that's like skin and flesh pain, and that I mean particularly that area, like back of the back of the thigh, lower ass cheek. Yeah, you know, that's right that, where it went. That kind of got some lower ass to back of the knee on the yeah, other side. Yeah, I mean that that's a sensitive area to get fucking. <laughs> swatted or fucking whipped or something like that but there's not much meat you know and, and on the shin and and uh unless you're unless you're tucking like yeah. uh silence of the lamb yeah. style yeah get that meat back there yeah like a goat <laughs> don't tuck the nuts back nope. there though you want to just put the meat back i was there. talking about the shin i don't know where the <laughs> You said there's not much meat back there. I was trying to think down there. I was thinking defense. (laughs) Yeah, that would suck. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're pulling a pulling a mangina and get whipped with a get whipped with a car antenna in the head of your dick. That I like doing your podcast. That would suck. I can just pull all kinds of nonsense out of the air. but no, the shin, the shin, it's like it, it hurts, but you, it's like kicking the, so we have a rice bag, uh, at the gym and it hurts. It hurts to kick it. Like it hurts your, your bone. How, so do you, you have like a big sack of rice? Yeah. It's a heavy bag. And so it'll bend a little bit, but it, I mean, it, it doesn't it, bend that much. <laughs> like it, it, it barely gives a little bit and dense. It's, it's heavy and you know, like regular heavy bags are usually filled with just like clothes scraps and stuff like that um so the rice is denser and, and it just you know that like you go to kick it and it's it's not going to feel good and that's the idea is you're you're conditioning yourself and mentally too yeah mentally and like you were saying on we've been talking on podcasts for the last like three hours yeah. um we are like, on the right road right yeah i mean i'm just heading row ad yeah yeah row ad um So you know it's gonna hurt, but it's like digging deep for your kettlebell workout or, or doing something like that. You you anticipate the pain and the discomfort, and you you're okay with it. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of like what what a fight is like. I knew like I knew it was gonna hurt. Like in that last fight, he kicked me there, and I was like, you know what? Screw this shit. I'm kicking him back. <laughs> and I, you know, you had so much heart, man. I I'm saying that not as a friend, as a as a as a spectator to that fight, it was you. You dug out of a deep freaking hole, and that was like. I, th- I think any fighter that dreams of a comeback, that's pretty much how it would have went. But you would have got the decision at the end. Yeah, throw a couple more, <laughs> two more leg kicks. I or think pulled that, out that Kimura, that fucking Kimura. Yeah, what's the deal? Dude? I don't know. I don't know. The Kimura's like it's my unicorn. Um, it's my I, I've I've subbed out the, the 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 multiple time world champions that I've trained with in training I hit them with a Kimura you know and it's it's my move that I've got a couple others that that guys that I trained with um, you know in the higher level guys black belts and stuff like that that they had to respect but the Kimura was always one of them and I've never landed in the I've been so close on so many occasions, and I just can't seem to get it. Like, I've had 
I've had it out of the pocket, you know, and had the arm out, and I just can never get it. Uh, and I don't know why it is. Because I do. This, I'm trying to do the same things that I do in training. And well, one thing that, that we talked about on the way down here, I was talking a little bit about kind of fighting and just learning, you know, learning different moves and how it all you know kind of breaks down and you had brought up a really good point that if you look at the majority of UFC fights mm -hmm. that are won by submission the number of actual moves yeah. that they're won by is it's really comes down to like basics yeah. I there, shouldn't there say many, basics there aren't but, many Kimura victories in the UFC yeah uh, it's yeah it's armbar triangle rear naked and guillotine I mean, those are the those are the four submissions that are you're most likely to land if you're going to sub somebody out. You're, you're not as likely to land a leg lock. You're not as likely to hit a twister. Uh, you know, it's it's that's just the way that it is. So you have to you have to drill those things and work those things and make sure you're sharp with them because more often than not, that's that's the one that's going to open up. Yeah. That's the one that's going to work for you. And you have to be that sharp on it, too. We talked yeah. about that because um, today we were doing a podcast, for me, really specific to our hunting trip. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you talked about the, the reason you missed your opportunity was because you, you made some very basic mistakes when it comes to what I've taught you in archery. And really, what the fundamentals and the you know the nucleus of a good shot, yeah. what those are, and those broke down. And you also talked about the fact because your your mind is you know one you've traveled several, you had like your ram event, you had our turkey hunt, you had um, a couple of appearances that you did for some UFC fights. Like yeah. you've been traveling a lot. Plus, you signed for a fight, so you're starting to hit bags again, and. Or mitts, I guess you call it. Bags. <laughs> I hit. I hit I bags every now and then. I yeah. get called a douchebag for it. <laughs> it hit sacks. Yeah. But um, no, you were you weren't able to practice, and even on our hunt that we did um, for the turkey hunt, yeah. you weren't practicing that much. Yeah. So you just weren't able to when that opportunity happened and that bear like came out and gave you that shot. You were so in the moment that you were. You kind of let the moment get the best of you, yeah. and you weren't sharp enough on your your instincts with basic principles to making a good shot to where you just didn't do it. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, when it comes to your UFC stuff, if you neglect those, you know, crucial building blocks, then you're, you're never going to... You're never going to find that one or be able to capitalize on that one opportunity. Yeah. You know, you have to stay sharp on those little things. And you said that you've you've really made your whole career out of being really good at the things that win fights. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I it's, I have a very basic game. It's attack and go to the basics, and you know, it's not. I don't have complex moves. I don't have. I don't have a lot of sweeps. I don't have a lot of passes. Uh, you know, I've got more submissions. But it's like I don't throw crazy strikes or anything like that. I, I stick to the meat and potatoes. And you do the meat and the potatoes, usually they work. 
So they do work. They do work. You know. Well, let's what, talk about what, this freaking card, dude. Yeah. We got a UFC. we got a good UFC fight tonight. I wonder when it tomorrow. starts. Yeah, tomorrow night. Oh, it's oh, I keep forgetting what day it is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, two FC, two FC, UFC, two FC. <laughs> UFC. Uh, yeah. So Shamrock and Gracie yeah. and are going at it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, main event is Ibe Miocic against Junior Dos Santos. That's gonna be. It's gonna be a good fight. Yeah. Um, Junior won the last time they fought. Uh, Bay has looked really freaking good in his last couple fights. Really being dominant lately. Um, I mean, I like both guys, but I just, I just think that Bay's going to take it. Um, you know, and, and on this podcast, we're not very good at picking fights. So usually, what that means is we pick somebody and the other person wins. <laughs> yeah, but you got me now, and a lot of times. I'm pretty much gonna be that asshole at the at your company uh, Super Bowl pick party that <laughs> literally doesn't even know the name of the teams yeah. and wins the freaking Super Bowl purse just because they're like, yeah, I thought a Bronco would beat a, yeah. a Raider in a I fight. Like, I like hunting bears, so I'm gonna pick the bears to win. Yeah, I love bears. My my boyfriend got me one at the Six Flags. Threw a ball and three bottles left-handed. <laughs> Got me a little bear. <laughs> I love the voices we're coming yeah, up with. For the first time in like I don't know a thousand miles, we're actually going downhill. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've done nothing but climb and pump my ears full of whatever Dude, to get them to pop. Horse has his face or her face buried. What? In a pile of hay, like. All it was sticking up was the ears. Well, it's going to town. That's what I'm going to be doing when I get into a sushi roll here in Vancouver. <laughs> Someone's going to be, some horse is going to be driving by saying that freaking dude. That dude has his face. That's Sasquatch over there. <laughs> I love a Sasquatch. I've been waiting to see one in the yeah. in the woods. What's our next matchup? I'm going with the firefighter. The firefighter? I think right. uh, he's going to win on a fireman's carry. In the third, you heard it here first. You heard it here. That's uh, how we pick. Fire, we got fire, fireman's carry. Mm-hmm. There's another title fight. Uh, the I forget what the at one fifteen. Yeah, one fifteen pound women. I always forget what the name of the division is. Strawweight. I think um, that's it. Yeah, we can make up the name. Yeah, strawweight. Uh, Jonah versus Jessica. Uh, you know. I flip a coin on the ladies' cards because I've seen I've seen ladies come out looking like they're going to be champ for the next three years, and then for whatever reason they just have some kind of a weird off night. I've seen well, Holly. I've seen a few to, times. It happens to dudes too. Yeah, it does. Usually. Oh yeah. See how you threw that in there. It does. It happens to everybody. Who are you going um, with? I'm going with Jonah. You know, she's, uh, she's nasty. I mean, Jessica's a very talented fighter as well. Um, it says here that Jonah's got a five-inch reach band as well, which is pretty, it's pretty hefty when you're talking about, like, everything. 60, yeah, a 66-inch reach to a 61-inch reach. Um, 
you know, and she's, she's got very good striking, fast hands. So obviously if you're the coach, you're saying keep that distance the whole time. Oh, yeah. Salt and pepper. What's that mean? Pepper. Yeah, it's not wrong. I'm, I'm fucking float like a butterfly. Yeah, sting I'm, like a bee. I'm, bu- I'm buzzing on a fucking monster Java or whatever the hell it is. Salt and pepper is what volleyball people do when they warm up. Yeah. Don't they call it a little salt and pepper when they kind of bump, set, and spike, <laughs> bump, bump, set it, I don't bump know. it? No. All I can think of is yo 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 baby boy. Hey, hey. <laughs> we need to do this. <laughs> this guy right here, Jim, actually knows the words to some serious old school rap. <laughs> and push it was one of them. You can, I mean, I somehow we got on the subject of push it, and I've got a pretty killer uh, playlist mix on my iPhone right now because my boys. What's that? She's just saying, drill straight. Oh, my boys' graduation party's coming up in two weeks, so he's been continually building his pr- playlist, and uh, and I'm gonna sing karaoke for you guys. Well. I've got Push It on my phone, so I played it. I didn't realize he actually knows all the words. Just about. Just about. And you have some pretty good skills. <laughs> when you, you know you know what song was uh, stuck in my head? Um, the, uh, one of our, our what would you even, Brittany's one of the guides there at. Yeah, it's Nick's Alfred. wife. Girlfriend. I heard they were married. Oh, yeah? Uh, Secretly. Secretly married? Like a, like a wedlock. Yeah. All right. Because her dad's a samurai. And oh. Nick's, Nick's dad... Um, That's cool. ...had extra horses. <laughs> There's a trade. Yeah. Um, well, her name's Brittany. So, all of a sudden, I, like... <laughs> oh, baby, baby. How was I supposed to know? And then the whole, <laughs> like, I'm sitting, we're sitting there driving around looking for bears, and in my head, oh my I'm God. just like going you, over this song. Like, did you say it out loud? No, no. Oh, pretty baby, <laughs> I shouldn't have let you go. Uh, <laughs> geez, roll with it. I'm gonna just sit back. Let me hold on. I'm gonna I, I, this if I had a superpower. It'd Drop be, it. It'd be... When, is, there a, uh, is there a yellow anaconda in the back seat? What? Like in her video where she oh, came out? yeah, no, that, that was a different... You got the green outfit. I guess I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, that song was stuck in my head the whole damn time. Alright, Brittany, who's next? So, <laughs> uh, Damien Maia versus uh, Jorge Masvidal. Alright. You know, Masvidal's coming off a huge win over Cowboy. Um, he's looked really good. But Damian Maya has this skill that makes guys that are very good on the ground look like they don't know what they're doing. Uh, why? Because he's phenomenal on the mat. And he's so, he's so good at controlling people. Um... It almost, it, it makes his fights look boring to other people, you know, to, to the people that aren't, like, obsessed with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Because not much happens. But there's a lot of, there's a lot that's going on when a, when a, when somebody like Damien can control uh, a Carlos Condit or one of these other guys and 
not allow them to pose any offense. Yeah. There's there's a lot going on. There's a lot of skill going on, and it's 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 amazing to see. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it ends up 15 minutes of Damian on somebody's back and not able to finish. But there's still something to that, man. That's like because of the control. Because of the control and his and his abilities. That's interesting to hear because one thing for a non-jiu-jitsu guy or a non-kind of UFC knowledgeable person like myself, it gets frustrating sometimes when you're watching a match and there's just, there's not like ground and pound happening. But, you know, for someone that obviously are looking at it from a pure technique point of view, like you or Rogan Wood or your brother, Pat, you guys understand how much it takes, especially when you know how good the other person is, to be able to manipulate control yeah. like that and main, you know, and actually have to prevent someone that excels in that part of their game and you're literally shutting them down. Yeah and protecting yourself and coming out of the fight with a win and really for you guys that's what you're there for yeah you're there to win no matter how you have, you know you have to do your best to shut down their best strengths so that i mean it's cool to hear it from that aspect and a lot of times i forget to to understand that when i'm watching a fight and it does just like go on or like dude stand them up let's get something going yeah like it, it's there's a there's a fine line between somebody that's trying to win and it's you know they're just maintaining control and they're it's, they're not getting it and somebody that's trying to not lose oh, like yeah. if somebody goes out there and they're just they don't want to engage and you said it though I mean we're there to win and this is this is a career. Like yep. You're looking at a lot of money and your livelihood, and unfortunately, the way it is, is you're only as good as your last fight, and I mean, when that comes from the top, that kind of sucks to hear, because it shouldn't be like that. Yep. Um, it should be a collection of what you've accomplished, and what you've been able to do, and, and how you fought, and, um, but we're, we are there to win. So, if, I mean, if somebody goes out there and, like Damien does, just completely dominates, but it is a slow, controlled fight, it's not because he's not trying to submit guys. Like, he wants to get in there and get out of there as quickly as possible because he doesn't want to get hurt so that he can fight again in two or three months so that he can make more money because we only get paid if we're fighting. You yeah. know, like, we don't get paid to sit on the side and, and you know, wait for a fight. So... He's trying to do it. He's trying to put people away, but it's it's just it is sometimes it is the uh, uh, you know I guess it's it's not an ex- as exciting as it might be if, if he was more reckless. But are the judges he doesn't get paid to be reckless? He gets paid to win. Yeah. Do the judges understand that? Do you think that's why sometimes there's so much debate on? Who won because they're not looking. Do you think they know the fighters well enough to... I mean, are they even allowed to award a point, say, if they know, okay, he's they, completely shutting down this now they obvious can. strength. 
right? Now, now they can, now they have a little bit more freedom in the way that they score. Um, it's easier for a, a judge to subtract a point or something like that from somebody. And uh, the 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 problem I see with with judging and a lot of the criticism that comes with judging is that you're just looking at three people's point of view. And yeah. That's it. It's just three three people. Um, we could have a bigger pool. You could go to five. You could go to you know any odd number you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a bigger pool. So you don't get those really like okay. Well, you might have a couple weird scores, but at least if you're pulling from you know 21 judges that are there in attendance, some are sitting around the cage, and since now they can look at monitors, they used to not be able to look at monitors. They used yeah. to have to look at the fight sitting, you know, at curtain level. Now you just have a couple in freaking, you know, you think? offices or something like that around or, you know, in, in the in the press section, stuff like that, yeah. watching the fight. And then you get multiple different opinions. Like my opinion. But the thing, is, the thing of it is, why there's a lot of criticism is because people love to criticize. They love controversy. So... Oh, yeah. Granted, when, when you have three different judges that score a fight in completely different ways, that, that opens it up for criticism. But, you know, sometimes when it's like, it's a 29-28 fight, and it's a close fight, it's, uh, you know, a close fight is just that, it's close. So sometimes it's going to go one way or the other, and it, it really all depends on what those judges saw. And to say that a 29-28 is a is a robbery because the other guy should have had 29-28 is kind of ri- ridiculous because it's, it's unless unless it was like a clear like beat crap out of somebody for two rounds and then got one guy's bloody and one guy's not even well bloody. even yeah. even even blood though it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean well, I meant more like face rearranged sometimes <laughs> listen sometimes you take if you have let's say you lose a round where you take some, some punishment you can still win the fight like and then once you're cut or once you start that falling in your face then even the littlest thing add to it yeah and it, it exaggerates it where you might be winning the fight you might be out striking and out grappling but you just haven't landed that big enough shot to cause the swelling or to cause the cut that then is you know making it a little bit easier to add on to it's it's a very subjective thing, and that's that's the, the problem with it. It's, you're just looking at opinion. That's all it is. It's, everybody's got everyone's got their opinion. Miller, yep. hold on, Miller, like easy. Now. Shortstop. I'm just tilting this down a little bit. Yeah, we got a crazy player. If people are wanting that pretty. Next fight, we got Frankie Edgar against like Pierre Rodriguez. Yeah, this could be a good That's one. a, you know, Frankie's, uh, Frank, Frank, Frankie's Frank, man. Well, I just good. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's always in there to fight. Uh, been in the UFC for over 10 years now. But, 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 on the other side of the 
octagon. Yeah. Got some. Got a pretty. Yeah. Got it's pretty impressive last young fight. Young hotness. Yeah. Yeah. Rodriguez is, is very talented. Um, I don't know how he's gonna. Uh, I don't know how he's gonna do with uh, deal with Frankie's wrestling, but um, he's definitely a very creative striker. And uh, it's funny though. Sometimes talent. you get people that you know. Well look at the last Connor fight you get people that have that skill set but then all of a sudden for whatever reason just maybe take one shot and then just completely yeah. abandon the game plan so I mean that looks like a monkey doesn't it it does actually it is it's yeah. like somebody carved a Easter no, Island head <laughs> yeah someone carved a big baboon into the side of a massive mountain yeah. or we could just be that tired and we're seeing things Either which is fine. So, what do you think on that match? Um, That's I got, a good. That, I, I got to go with Frankie. Um, you know, yeah. we fought ten years ago. Ten, Over ten years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Over ten years ago. Uh, and I kicked a piece of his ear off, and he punched me in the face a lot. And uh, yeah. Which, which I, fight was that for you? That was my, that was both of our sixth fight. Um, and then he got signed to the UFC right after that and took me another... Oh, so this years. wasn't a UFC fight? No, no, it wasn't a UFC fight. We kind of knew that... Was like, it a jersey? Like yeah, a jersey type yeah, sanction? Yeah. Um, we were like, you know, the top guys in jersey at lightweight and uh, gave a shot. Unfortunately, the gym that I was training at closed down like three weeks prior, and it kind of it taught me that one taught me a lesson too, like to surround myself with a team because very I, good point. I really didn't have any training partners leading up to. I had a couple guys that I was working with here and there. It was uh, it's kind of a fine line lesson. though, isn't it? I guess I don't know in your in your area of expertise, but for some people, like myself mm-hmm. I actually I like having someone that knows me well enough to where they can really correct technique uh-huh. but I actually feel like I'm a better athlete when I'm responsible for my own training mm-hmm. um, I personally I like to train I like to compete with people that are at or preferably above my level just prior to go time mm-hmm. but when it comes to the fundamentals and getting in the reps I really it's just like with the gym I don't work out with people at the gym even though my buddy um, James who you met um, he's right there and he works out too but there's certain times there's like certain times I'll go over and I'll work out with them, but there's yeah. also certain times where it's like I want to focus so specifically on things that I know that I need to work on, and I want to be able to self, I don't know, I almost want to be um, at a loss for words. I want to I want to be able to be self-critical yeah. um, instead of having someone saying okay now you need to do this now you need to do this one mentally i'm i still haven't accepted that i'm doing that at the level where i'm comfortable moving on to something else 
So I really, I do that a lot with my, at least with my archery training and, and my weight training. I really focus on, I call it selective cycling because my workouts cycle with things that I'm selecting as being what I need to work on. And normally I try to pick my weaknesses. And then once I've made my weakness stronger than something else, then I move on to what I feel is the weakest. I don't know if that's relative. It, to a degree. I mean, like, it's with MMA, you have to, you know, it's, it takes two to tango. So yeah. you have to have somebody yeah. there. Um, you have to have somebody there that's going to help you get better. But also at this point, like... Well, you have you more also, aspects, too. Yeah, you also have to, like... There's there's two different approaches to it, and one is to train to get better every day, and that's the one that I, I've tried to do. But there's also, like, train to beat the one guy that you are about oh, to fight. Yeah. But sometimes that one guy doesn't show up and somebody else does. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was just saying, that's, too. That's one of the issues, too. So, like, I got to where I am by just trained to get better and like, hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna train to be world class and when my opponent isn't, I'm gonna capitalize on it. Yeah. And it's a good good mentality. But the problem with that is that it's very it's very intensive. So I'm kinda shifting a little bit now to like, okay, well I'm trained to beat that one freaking guy. <laughs> you know, and because and, I've had I've had opponents switch before and you know, you go from fighting the uh, a lefty to a righty or a righty to a lefty and all this stuff where well I just trained for six weeks sparring righties and now I gotta you know fight a lefty in two weeks yeah but it shouldn't it shouldn't matter because it's like yeah. anybody anybody can switch in a fight anyway so um, you should be prepared for it all but why not make that day a little bit easier and focus on you know fight specific things so um, I learned from that fight that I had with Frankie but I gotta, I gotta go with him because he's a Jersey boy and we stick together. All right. So I like. Him. Although I, Rodriguez, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Rodriguez came out and had a sharp game. Yeah. Because he's, it's you know I like, like young hunger too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, David Branch is coming back to the UFC. He's uh. Christoph not, not familiar. Um, Branch is, uh, was 205 and 185 pound champ in the World Series. Let me see the picture. You keep talking. Um, oh, yeah, I've I, seen him actually. Branch is a good dude. Trained with him before. Yeah. Um, he's a hoss, man. He is. He is. He's a freaking big sucker. And he's looked very, very sharp in his last couple fights. And, uh, I'm, I'm picking him. Like I don't, I don't know much. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't he? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Sucker know needs to be playing defensive end for somebody. Yeah. Like when we met him, he was like skinnier and stuff like that. And then that was, you know, that was years ago. So it's a couple of years of being a professional athlete, just focusing on the gym and getting better. Yep. Fill you out. Um, so I'm going with Branch on that one. And then we got. Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier. Gosh, this is a really good yeah. card. Yeah. I wish it was tonight. We could pull in, rent that, get about seven feet of sushi yeah. lined up, and uh, go into a 
go into a white rice coma by about the <laughs> and then have to wake up at four in the morning. Yeah. Um, Eddie versus Poirier is a good fight. You know, uh, I've I've sparred with Eddie. I fought Poirier recently. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna pull for Eddie. It's uh, it's one of those things. I always. I always try to root for the guys that I fought, just because you want them to do to do good. Uh, you know, Dustin's a good dude, and, and uh, he's a hell of a hell of a fighter. You know, we, we definitely put it on the last fight, but um, I think Eddie's Eddie's got a very good wrestling game, and he hits freaking hard. Um, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how Dustin's going to crack Eddie, you know? Like, I don't know how he's going to be, um, crack him with, like, I mean, like, crack the nut, you know? Um, I, I think that, I think that Eddie's going to pull it out. I think it's going to be a tough fight. They're both scrappy, man. You know? It's like, shit. Stepping in, stepping in and sparring with Eddie was like stepping into a cage for a fight. <laughs> like, like, holy shit. It's like 90% all the time. Yeah, yeah, like intensity-wise, and it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's another one of those hot times. topics. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was always like that with any sport. You know, there's the yeah. one coach that really feels like the athletes that are tuned into game speed if they are tough enough to to make it through game speed and they're in condition for game speed, then they're totally ready for game time. But there's also the mentality of, you know, if you're going game speed all the time, yeah, you're you, get, you get a lot of bumps and bruises yeah. too. And that's the, that's the toughest part, like, is that we don't, we don't get paid. You know, Eddie and I went in and we scrapped for three rounds. No, you know, if, if either one of us got hurt during those rounds, neither of us are getting paid for it. Like, he was fighting for the title. You know, this was before UFC 200 for me. Uh, like, it's it's good. It's good to do for certain, for certain things. I mean, like, you kind of got to break yourself into fighting and being in there and, and knowing what it's like and, you know, knowing that intensity but at the same time like I said you don't get paid to to spar you don't get paid to pull out of a fight um, no so you have to you have to try to train <laughs> with the goal of making it to the fight what and, about and then train to be the best you know that you can be in there oh yeah do you have um, do you have a time frame that is really optimal for you when it comes to training. Like for example, some people as soon as they sign for a fight, you know, which you knew maybe I don't know, has it been a month ago you knew I about knew, this fight? Yeah, I knew a couple weeks ago uh, about the fight. They didn't release it until you know just recently. But. Right. But for you, do you know like and especially because you're training a lot, do you know 
really that small window of where you can really get refined to be on your edge rather than overtraining and you know yeah <coughs> for me um, like six weeks you know I've had camps that were 13 weeks long and, and that's just, that would be a burnout for they me they just fucking kick the shit out of you you know and it's like I think it's just hard. shy of four weeks. Like for me, when I'm pre- prepared for for big world championships and things, and obviously it's way different for me. But I feel like if I go too long, I'm bored with training, yeah. and then I'm not eager to go out and compete. Yeah. So I was wondering if it was the same with you guys. I, you know, I I never liked the idea of peaking for a fight. Like I. I always trained. Like it, it, I was in the gym pretty much constantly for a long time. Um, I mean, the first time that I took off, like any time where I didn't train for like two months, was 2011. You know, so I'd been fighting for you know, my first fight was in 2005, like five and a half years mm-hmm. um, before I took off, like a solid two months of really like not doing anything um and that's the thing is like I was constantly in the gym and I was also you know we were building the group of guys around us so I was at the top of the heap and it was easier for me to like okay well have a bad day you can still survive and still do what you gotta do uh even with guys going you know rotating in on you and stuff like that um, but now it's like I have to, I have to be smarter with it, and, and you know, there's just too many nagging injuries and shit like that, and too much money on the line to, <laughs> to oh, have yeah. to pull out of a fight, you know. But uh, yeah, I like I like six or seven weeks. Um, and I that's can, good for you to make weight too, because yeah. you're able to. Yeah. I mean, you always you've told me that you always try to stay fairly close to weight to where if you did get called you could pretty much go in you don't, I, you don't like to have to majorly cut no yeah I, I don't want to like there was a time where I walked around at the you know upper 180s um, you know and I took the the first Joe on fight I was 187 pounds I think when I took that fight it's yeah. interesting there's a, there's a fire in a, what in the heck yeah there's literally an empty an empty trailer. semi-trailer burning burning on the side of the road. Like um, the guy's like, oh crap. I'm my, out of here. My dope's burning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you never know what you're going to find. Yeah. That was that was six weeks out. I was 187 pounds. That's unbelievable. And, you know, I lost like 16, 17 pounds in, you know, five weeks. And then cut the, cut the rest and Like I, at that, at that uh, volume of training, that's that's the kind of the sweet spot for me. It's like about six. So, um, you know, I've been training a bit. Like I found out about the fight. You know, I was healing up my knee and sealed up, and you know, I was back in training a little bit, hitting pads, grappling, and stuff like that. But not not going crazy with it. Um, you know, and doing two a days and three a days and stuff like that. But 
what uh, for people that are really wanting to start out or they want to get into MMA and they really don't have much background what where would you your professional opinion where would you have them start and you know what what are things that you wouldn't have spent a lot of your focus on and what are things that you wish you would have put more focus on um i i mean if we're talking about kids i'd put kids into into wrestling get kids into wrestling wrestling um, before jiu-jitsu wrestling before jiu-jitsu okay um because wrestling is the, the hardest thing for an adult to learn. The absolute hardest thing for an adult to learn is how to wrestle. Because it's... The the stance is the big thing. It's like, it's not... You're in a you're in a, a weirdly athletic stance. And the problem is, is that a lot of people get hurt wrestling. Like that's where, in training, most, most fighters get hurt is while doing some sort of takedowns or something like that. It's not from being... You know, doing jujitsu unless they have a, a a huge ego and they decide to not tap or yeah, it's really not from striking too much. It's from wrestling. That's where knees get blown out. That's where backs get hurt, necks get hurt. Uh, you know, all that stupid stuff. So I'd have ki- you know kids start wrestling, um, but Brazilian jiu-jitsu is for everybody. It's absolutely for everybody. You know, the like I love Muay Thai. And it's for just about everybody. Like, you can, depending on, you know, the, the style of instruction, you should be able to get just about anybody to be able to do it and and have a good time, get a good sweat, get some of that energy out, and, and you know, vent a little bit on the pads, which everybody loves to do, um, even though in the beginning it should be more controlled and, and just technique. But uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu all the way because... Like I said, it's it's for everybody. You, in most places, you're going to start on your knees or one person's on their back starting to guard. So it's not like... You're not weight. shooting in. You yeah, got 200 pounds yeah, lunging at yeah. your ACL. Like we... Whereas at, when you're a kid, you can bounce around yeah, with things man, like that Yeah, man. Flexible, too. young, and, and, you know... Um, yeah, like takedowns are... I mean, that's... Unfortunately, at the gym, that's where we see our injuries is that somebody trying to defend a takedown and maybe the person that's taking them down doesn't know exactly what they're doing and the person getting taken down doesn't know exactly what they're doing. And now they need to learn it. They need to learn how to do it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you're injured, you're not coming in, you're not training, you're not getting better, you're not... Is that why a lot of times when you watch, because I... I'm, I always watch uh, Curtis at um, the Honored Academy. Uh-huh. I watch Curtis's um, Instagram a lot. And when you're watching Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu like practice, uh-huh. a lot of times it kind of looks like slow motion coming yeah. in. But they're just doing that for injury prevention. Yeah, and you're kind of just like you're going you're, through reps or you're playing. Okay. playing like it's hard to play while you're wrestling it really is to to just like roll around and kind of flow it takes a higher level wrestler to just flow 
than it does somebody to just flow with jiu-jitsu. Like, it takes a little bit higher level of a striker to just kind of flow and know how to throw a punch with, with you know, some speed, but not, th- you know, put any power on it. Um, but yeah, because you said a lot of times, if you knock someone out, it's because you're actually not, yes, you're throwing a punch bad. where you're not trying to throw hard, but because it's so efficient, it ends up doing it. Yeah, it's bad. You know, it's like it's bad. It's bad because it's this car has so many warning alarms. It says driver alert, time for a break. It says you've been driving too long. It says coffee cup. Yeah, it's got so, a coffee cup. Okay, here we go. I gotta drain the main vein. You do. <laughs> Come on. Um, as man, uh, us. I'm in condition. I've you done, are. I've so done a my Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. So I'm a fish. I'm on like 40 ounces of fluid right now. My bladder's saying, yeah. "What's up, bitch?" I'd have to put a catheter in. I can do it. I actually had to. <laughs> I had to, I had to on the next episode of the Hands On Podcast, <laughs> John gets hands on. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. When I uh, all we have is this uh, this stir straw. <laughs> oh, now that would be different. No, I did have to learn to do my own catheter, and I just had this complex about someone doing a catheter for me, so I'm just like, okay, just let me do my own. Mm -hmm. It's less embarrassing for me, and I'll just jam that thing in there, Mm -hmm. so. We've talked about catheters on the podcast before. Yeah? Yeah, and like. Did you do it to one another? No. No. Why? Because. <laughs> Pat had Pat had an issue where he had to have a scope. Oh. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Pat. Yeah. Like, don't go pee. <laughs> well, unless you're yeah, wanting yeah. to watch your pee go off a yeah. hundred foot gully, then you're not taking a whiz here. Yeah. You may have to. I'll hold it. Yeah, I mean, on the camera up here, we're we're waist and above in case you need to do the spin around <laughs> and do your first pee on podcast. Yeah, on podcast. Pee on podcast. Fill up a cup. The pee on. Um, was that all the fights? That well, no, there was a couple other fights in the undercard, stuff like that. Well, geez, don't diss some poor Jim don't, Miller that's on an undercard just because. Him. See any other names worth knowing about down in there? It's just like There's a happy to get it, happy to get a paycheck this week. Trash Skelly. Yeah, dude. Jason Here. Knight. Okay. Um, got Chase Sherman and Rashad Coulter. See, I'm bad with last, particularly last names. Well, like, first names are always easy. Who isn't? Uh, I mean, honestly, Joe Rogan and. Yeah. In in the archery announcing world, George Tekmachov. Well, you know that you know they have like Rogan gets like uh, how to say it. Like you say your name when you when you sign with the UFC, you say your name in a recorder. So then they have like a listen, James. Dude, I've been places having Miller. a conversation with Joe, James. and there's not anyone talking in his ear. And I know, but like they have. You're that. saying he's said it enough times, where at least he knows the enunciation. Well, yeah. I mean, he's but he's heard it. Like that's the thing. Is I, I. Well, I mean, I, I haven't heard his, his everybody's names enough. Well, you know, get with it. I know. 
Like, all right, you're driving, but I mean, if we were live, then somebody would help us with that. But like, say that one. <laughs> it's an inch long. I get all it. Right. I, I, I mean, no question. If they're from um, anywhere, Jadzim from Murad. Yeah. If you're Gubov. If you're anywhere north I don't, of France, yeah. if you're northeast of France and, and Switzerland, there's a good chance no one in the U.S. is going to be able to announce yeah. that shit. But there's a few that can. Yeah. I mean, I've been in archery tournaments with George Tekmachoff and <laughs> every single every single type of name you could ever imagine from any company uh country he knows he, it. he knows the dialect well enough uh, to know like when two v's are after a y and an e it's actually a silent j yeah that's pretty interesting. look at that road over there like i don't know if it's, it's like a goat trail yeah right? it's like a goat trail cut into the side of this massive mountain it's like the hokeman trail no there's a car on it so it's yeah, I guess that's a road. Road. Yeah, it's a road. We're just that far away. We're that far. Well, what else you want to talk about, Jim Miller? We got. We're still not to Vancouver. We're still. We're still a little ways away from Vancouver. Yep. Um, I'll talk about anything with you. What are you Maybe. About? Not gonna. Uh, what would Pat? Gonna, what would Pat and somewhere. Dan want to talk about right now? Um, oh, people. This is pretty cool. We're in this small little... Well, it's actually... Part of it's not cool. We were on the way here. We didn't realize that when an accident happens in British Columbia, well, specifically a fatality, which is the unfortunate part, uh, there was a a fatality with a collision, and they had to shut down the road. Caution, bighorn sheep, next four kilometers. That's a pretty cool sign. That looked like she, question mark. (laughs) Yeah, she... Question mark. Um, well, so we had to wait about four hours on the side of a road, and luckily, right before we knew there was a bad accident, they told us that right after this one town, we were going to have to wait. So we actually pulled in and got some drinks and food and stuff like that at this little convenience store. And the guy behind the counter says, Are you Jim Miller? And he says, Yeah. And, uh, He's just like, oh, dude, big fan, love, love the UFC. And then he looked at me and he goes, are you Dan? <laughs> I'm like, no. Should have rolled with it. I should have rolled with should've it. Should have been like, hell yeah. yeah. What do you mean, am I Dan? Ah, I'm looking for That's sheep. Yeah. Why do they tell you that? I mean, so they can shut the road down. Yeah, exactly. Because now when they say yeah, warning, bighorn sheep, I'm like swerving across the road because I'm trying to see the sheep whereas if they would have just not said anything and said animals at large you'd have been like okay I'm going to watch the road but I really don't care <laughs> too bad yeah. like say, too bad fan, fancy goats well, well. you see any up there I'll let you look yeah. I, I haven't seen any um, well, you're not even looking up so, okay. I'm looking Oh, it's your neck. I forgot. Yeah. Here's uh, Jim. Yeah. Can you look up there? Yeah, I've got the wrestler next. <laughs> um, he got a two-degree bend. Imagine waiting for so, that train. Yeah, that would suck. 
So when we came into, uh, when I came into Vancouver, uh, I went through customs. Oh yeah. And you know, you answered all the questions, and it's all computerized now. And it's like, do you have any weapons? And it's like, machine guns, nunchucks, switchblades, dynamite. Also, you know, it's like, <laughs> like video, video game weapons. You know, it's like uh, uh, double dragon. You know, do you have any chains? <laughs> <laughs> you want to swing around? Um, what was that double dragon? Was that on the Commodore 64? Uh, it was on Nintendo. I know that. Oh, it might yeah. have been on. It might have been on there, but um, but I was like, I got a, I have a bow. Like that's not a weapon. So I'm going through, and she's like, Oh, what are you here for? You know, I was like, Ah, you know, going on a, I'm going on a bear hunt. Gonna catch a big one. And uh, catch like, it. Yeah, it's a book. It's a children's book. Okay. Um. So. So she's like, Oh, do you have rifles? And she like, you know, her demeanor completely changed. I'm like, No, no, I just got just got a bow and arrow. And she's like, Oh, well, you're gonna have to make sure that you know checks out or whatever. I'm like, okay. So I go over there. Go to the counter with, you know, the guy sitting in there, and he's like, he's like, what are you, are you applying for a visa? Because she wrote this, like, big X on my, uh, you know, my papers. Uh-oh. So, he's like, you trying to get a work visa or something? I was like, no, no, I'm just going on a bear hunt. He's like, you driving with a rifle? I'm like, no. I'm like, I've got a bow and arrow. He's like, did you not read the question? I was like, well, I read the question. I just didn't think a bow was a weapon. He's like, well, it is. And he, like, scribbled something down, and let me through. It's like scribbled idiot in yeah, shorthand. Yeah, like I mean, I wish I knew what the like what their little abbreviations really yeah, were. Yeah, it's like, funny because when you when you like check in to go through security, they'll write all over your ticket. But now you can use your phone and you just scan your phone. They ain't writing on my phone. They're not writing anything down. FTG. And what are they what writing? What do you on? think that means? I don't know. F yeah. this guy. Yeah, <laughs> that means. Sir, we're gonna have to do a cavity search. Yeah. Um, yeah, you didn't. Says Field, says Field here you Rundle. says here Bondle. you weren't on uh, on foreign livestock soil, so we're gonna have to check that cavity out. Yeah. Were you around any cow? No, no, I was not. No. <laughs> Try that. <laughs> have you been around any livestock? No. Or like the bighorn sheep. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> this has been an awesome drive. Well, I did see this one, and he was. We uh, need to just do podcasts on the road. Socking it. Red socking it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're talking. We on our way up, oh. we actually did see some big. We're like, look, bighorn sheep. They're right on the side of the road. You had to stop. Literally stop the car for the bighorn sheep. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's meeting season. It's bone time, <laughs> and this poor, this poor you was around the wrong three rams because yeah. she she had not been taken care of. That's where the name comes when they say they're in heat. Yeah, she was look hot, <laughs> <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> a little, there was some, a little inflamed. <laughs> there was some rug burn. Yeah, you know, I. It's really weird, but I, I have seen, and not on purpose. I've seen a lot of wild animals having sex. 
Okay, here we go. Um, this is going to get good. One time, I was uh, I was playing Little League Baseball, and I'm out there in right field, and all of a sudden I hear, and this fucking duck comes in and fucking lands, and she lands like 15 feet from me, yeah. you know, so I was walking around a little bit. Next thing you hear, fucking Mallor comes down and starts having sex with her right there, like 15 feet from me. I'm like, that's pretty impressive. A 10 year old, 10 year old kid. <laughs> and these two ducks are doing it, rubbing, rubbing Chloe guy together right that's, next to me. Well, and then, you know, I've seen, I learned about turtles. You saw turtles? I saw turtles. Do, I was playing golf once. Do they have like a trap door that flips down? I don't know. They were in the water or like. So how do you know they weren't just... Oh, they, it was mounted. Oh, okay. He was, he was like, they were, they were right on the water, this little stream. I hit my ball into the into the water. And have, you ever, um, have you ever seen two dragonflies get it on? I've seen two dragonflies stuck together. Yeah, that's it, man. I got some crazy pictures of some big old dragonfly oh, really? action. That's pretty, that's pretty uh, interesting. I try, to, I try to learn new things every yeah. day. What else have you seen? Turtles and ducks uh, aren't that impressive. They are not that impressive. Bighorn sheep now. Bighorn sheep is now. Quality. Um, oh, there's another, another good one. Like, because it was kind of an ongoing ongoing thing because I was like a teenager. I mean, we've all seen carp spawn, so don't yeah, act like no, that's yeah. cool. No, it wasn't, it wasn't carp. Um, have you ever seen ostriches get it on? No, I've never seen that. I have. The ostrich does, the male ostrich does the craziest freaking dance. You should uh, Google male ostrich mating dance. Male ostrich mating dance. Does this crazy freaking dance where he gets down and he does this like boogie boogie. And he like takes his wing and he like lifts his feathers to show his hip. <laughs> like, like shows his hip off. Sharon and I were in a, um, a blind in South Africa and all of a sudden these two ostriches came on came in and there was a female and two males and they were like competing against one another for you know who was gonna right. get some action yeah. and it was just like <laughs> they were like facing one Pop another rocket. yeah it was like a dance off with two full blown like seven foot tall ostriches it was pretty sweet Trying to think. Shoot one? Huh? Shoot one? Shoot the, the, the loser? Oh, I saw a blue monkey freaking just have his way with a female monkey. They're not cool about it. No. This monkey, it was a big male, and he was up in the tree, and the whole, like, monkey clan came in, and they were drinking water out of this little pond, and... We're like looking up on this limb, this big male monkey's up there, and all of a sudden the dude just like slaps his meat, gets his big old rock on, and I mean, I'm sitting there like, okay, he's sitting there like working this thing, looking down like, meanwhile, the main female's like bent over drinking water at the pond, so she's like, you know in the position yeah he sits there and works that meat a little while 
and then just freaking double swings out, launches through the air, lands behind her and just jams her face down into the mud <laughs> and just freaking pours it on. And then when he was done, he freaking slapped her and went like, like and then just freaking ran back up and got on his limb and just sat back like that. I mean, dude, he was like pimp monkey. Yep. Poor thing. Big old blue freaking monkey. Yep. I mean, he like... There's a bear right there. Look at that. Look at that. Laying up in the grass. And just... I got my bow in the back. <laughs> I know you do. But... Three misses in truck. one week could be a problem. Whoa. Who said I was going to fist this one? <laughs> I don't know. I like how this Volvo corners. It does. It's got some nice handling to I it. I think the only reason we got the Volvo was because it had navigation. Yeah. And I had paid for a sat nav I price line this baby name your own price and we're not even using it no we don't need to we know our way around That's these right. parts but the stars I, I just lick my thumb and the I wind I smell my way down there what? I, I, I know by the smell what does Vancouver smell like? pulp? I don't know what the main industry is in Vancouver. Blueberries. Is it? No, I don't know. God dang it, Jim. This looks crazy. It's, a, it's the, the main industry. This is a, we're driving along the Fraser River. It's beautiful. Uh, looks a little rough. It is, it is very high right now. Yeah. And uh, we've, done, we've done really well. Coming, that's that's coming. about the volume that I'm going to pee out when we get to this next rest stop. You know, we could probably stop right at the place where they thought I was Dan Miller. Might be able to. I will. I know we can. It shouldn't be more than like 20 minutes up here. You can hold it for 20, can't no, you? No. What? We'll see. You're going to. <laughs> You're going to, sucka. Yeah, you look at country like this, and you kind of think, you know, Bigfoot probably could hide if he wanted to. Yeah. I mean, if Bigfoot could see perfectly at night, he knew when people were trying to get all gangster on him. He could just have a cat cave up in way up in these hills. And if he ever saw anyone get close, he'd just have to launch that sucker off this bridge into the Fraser, and he'd never see just him. Throw a fucking rock at him. All so, these people that go missing—it's probably just Bigfoot they, launching them off of cliffs. Uh, Dan had a Dan had a Bigfoot experience oh, a few God. years ago. Yeah. Okay, let's hear this. Um, so, like the the Eastern uh, lore of Bigfoot is he was referred to as the skunk ape. So wait, this, yeah, it is. So, they have a different kind of uh, call yeah. too. I think it's more like, <laughs> something like that. No, that was Tarzan. <laughs> Well, there was a little crack in it because I was trying to hold it back. There's a little more rattle to it. I didn't want to get too high. But <laughs> I thought it was like more of a scream. They, yeah, well, that's what they call skunk it. Skunk ape. Yeah, skunk ape. Yeah. So my boy taught me about him. So uh, what they would say is that like he would smell like a skunk for a while, a couple days, and they'd have these, you know, these experiences where weird shit happens. Well. It started stinking around Dan's house, and, and 
like, you know, was really cautious with the, the pups. This was about uh, probably nine and a half years ago because his dogs, they're going to be t- ten, so uh, they were puppies. So he was cautious with the pups. He was cautious with the pups because he thought there was a skunk around, and it was like... A skunk, but not a skunk ape. Yeah, like two, three days where it was lingering. Okay. And then, like, they started barking the one night, so he let them out, and uh, they, like, just kind of went to the edge of where the light was, and they wouldn't go beyond it. Normally, they would just, like, they'd beeline up there and chase the bears away and shit. Um, so they just kind of sat there and, like, barked, and he heard a thump, and then, like, next thing you know, he's, like, another fucking thump. A rock comes fucking flying over and lands next to him. Like, he fucking went inside. Like, grabbed the pups and fucking went inside. It's like, what the fuck? Because that was that's like the the lore is that it smells like, and then they throw rocks at you and shit like that. And sometimes it, uh, they throw like pine cones and crap. But it's weird. It's weird. Weird. New so Jersey. strange, New Jersey. Okay. Was this right about the time that Finding Bigfoot series was out? It might have been. I wish, I mean, your brother was kind of in his heyday right then, wasn't he? Yeah. He could have went and jacked someone in the damn face. Should have. Should have. But he packed his stuff, ran inside, scared of a skunk ape. <laughs> I would have pulled out the 4570. Yeah, what the heck? Let it rain. <laughs> Let it rain, baby. Yeah, say hello to my little friend. Yeah. Skunk ape. This is amazing through here. Yeah. I slept for most of it. I was... You were sleeping and playing... Look at this fool. Is that guy getting pictures or something? What an idiot. Dude, he let himself over that. He's down there with the... He's over the bank in the rocks with a ladder. He lowered a ladder. It's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome, but it's pretty dumb. Remember that time we tried to save some guy in the Fraser River? Nope. Nope. (laughs) No, definitely not. We saw some massive, massive grizzly sign. Probably one of the biggest tracks I've ever seen. I've got a size 13 foot, and my foot in my boot was the size of this grizzly's rear foot. His front foot was... I mean, maybe two of my hands, maybe not two of my hands, but at least, I'd say it was nine inches across and like this thick. Yeah. I mean, it was massive. And the claws were probably like two two inches out in front of the, out in front of the center pad, there's these marks like where the claws, he's not even trying to dig them in, he was probably trying to be light, but they were so freaking long, they were digging in the ground, it was crazy. You know, uh, hearing Dusty talk about some of the yeah, my good buddy Dusty stuff like that was crazy, man. The, the, the like, genuine respect. respect, and it's like, borders that, like, I don't know, man, like, borders that when people are like really believe in Bigfoot you know like I mean the intensity in his eyes when he talked about he 
He's seen what grizzlies can do. Yeah, and like, his dad has saved a lot of hunters' lives who have been crazy. out moose hunting and had grizzlies come in literally to take the moose away. Yeah. Or, you know, there's been several times where he's been with grizzly hunters and they've had the grizzly actually hunt them. And, yeah, I mean, it's... They're, they're the dominant the dominant predator out there. I think if a wolf was the size of a grizzly, like that... You ever seen the, the, the American Werewolf in London yeah. replica that Joe's got? Yep. Yeah, I've, it's bigger than me. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bigger than me. And that freaking thing, like, if it truly had a wolf-like... If it had the the true instincts of a wolf, that would be the one thing that could just rip a grizzly just freaking shreds it back. Yeah. Because I think a wolf... Wolf, man, they're they're super destructive, too. Yeah. But they and just... They're so I'm, smart. Yeah. Brain, brain juice is high. Yeah. I don't know. But... It's, we've like, debated this. We're going to bring up the silverback thing. I'm stuck on this yeah. silverback gorilla versus a grizzly bear. And it's an, I've changed my mind at least four times in the last week. But, see, now Jim brings up a valid point coming from a true MMA master. He has now brought in the factors of the silverback's actual range of motion and shoulder mobility and how they function whereas a grizzly you know they're they're kind of more like a a meathead at the gym yeah, yeah. they're they have, fucking meathead turning into the hulk yeah but <laughs> yeah but their their range of motion in a like obviously if they charge and they got it they got it on the ground they're going to they're going to fuck a gorilla like yeah. if they can knock him over and be on top, which is and get which and is get what their which is their plan. Yeah, which is their I mean, plan. Their plan is now if it's a if we're talking like you know it's a duel and they're opening up the cage on both sides and they're both coming at each other with the intent to fight. I I think that a gorilla is going to be. A little too mobile. Now the thing is, is like, you know, we were talking about before, is that grizzly's got the claws and the teeth. Gorilla doesn't have the claws. So that's kind of one of those things. Because if a gorilla slobber knocks a, a grizzly, I don't really think it's going to do anything to it. Um, as, as powerful as they are, he's going to have to, like, beat his head in with a rock or something like that or freaking hammer fist him to death. Yeah, but, he's going to hammer fist the um, shit out of that. But I, I think that, like, a gorilla is going to get some... He's going to get hand control. He's going to get some hand control, and he's going to... Now, granted, a grizzly, they're pretty flexible. Bears I are pretty flexible. literally feel like a cop is shining a mag light in yeah. my face. Um, but it's an interesting battle. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. We should show people exactly what we're getting to see right now. And show some people. Yeah. Here's here's our views, people. <laughs> you get to see 
this country. It's amazing. It is. It's a pretty, pretty cool drive. Pretty cool. Not as cool as us, obviously. Yeah. We're on a whole new level of cool. Look at that. These shades. Yeah. You do look pretty cool with your shades, Mr. Miller. Can't handle it. We're hot. We're going through some park right now. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Beautiful white cap mountains. Tall suckers, too. Yeah. And it's so bright. <laughs> We've been... I feel like a vampire because we've been in just rain and slop for days upon end. So yeah. now we're now we're finally breaking free of it. Yeah, now we're finally breaking free. Are you impressed with my driving skills too? I am impressed. I'm impressed. I'm making up for it, bro. Yeah. You drove me here driving. and I couldn't I couldn't make it. God, that is a freaking amazing what that looks like. It's awesome. Jim's not big on pictures. I'm more yeah. of a... I capture well, the moments. I, it's not gonna, like, I took a lot of, like, landscape pictures while we were out there. Unfortunately, I would have liked to have taken more wildlife pictures. Um, I took a few. I'm up in my game. My documentation game. I like that. You know? Build the experience. I like, I like snapping classy photos. Stay classy. Yeah. Indian Village. Actual teepees. Oh. Did you see it? Probably not. Probably not. Um, semi just wrecked our view. It's rude. Those aren't TPs. Well, no, there, <laughs> were, there were some. Uh, that was a can of pee. Yeah, it was a can of pee. <laughs> a can of pee. Uh, How does that word work for speaking, you? Speaking of which, my molars are floating, bro. If you had a can of pee versus just oh, about to have a bottle of pee. Well, there might be a can of pee. Just I'm afraid that. T P and can both P. Uh, Here, I'm gonna let you. Do you want to go to the bathroom? Yeah, let's go to the bathroom. <laughs> are we gonna Are we gonna pause? Are we this gonna... is where we were. Uh, wait, I don't know. They all look the same to us. I'm gonna stop this one right here. Are we gonna end this podcast? I can. You want to keep going? Yeah, I'll keep going. All right, you go, and then I'm gonna go. All right, are you going to talk while I'm in yeah, there? Yeah, I'll talk about stuff. Watch what I talk about. Talk about stuff? Oh, boy. <laughs> Unlock the doors, bro. <laughs> Born in a barn. So, hopefully you're enjoying the this um, hands-on podcast takeover with knock-on TV uh, archery door. That's really all I am. I'm a average person like MMA, but I like my MMA fighter friends that are also bow hunters. Jim, brother, Pat, Mendez, Chad Mendez, super cool dude. A lot of a lot of guys coming out. Weeda, Weeda's more of a fisherman. Then we've got Dillashaw, all those awesome dudes, and uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy oh, the friendship. How'd that feel? You're gonna have oh. to go again in a oh, little bit. That was amazing. This is gonna be like that, that um, bladder infection you got. No, no, it wasn't that. Which that fight was, was that? Like, Which that was, fight was that? That was when I fought that. Too. Like that one, it was like sweating. Tell everyone about it. Yeah. I... 
I decided to hold. One thing led to another. Did go down the plane? Go back before I got on the plane. Pulled away right when I got on the phone. We're sitting there and we're like, oh, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Five minutes, up like five. That bell rang. Got up to 10,000. I ran down the, the back of the plane. One by two. Let out the most relief I've ever had. Fortunately, it was a little late, too late. But, but, don't that. <laughs> On the way up, I took, I had to take leave because I have the bladder of a child. Um, or maybe I just have over I don't know what it is. Because when I go, when I go to the bathroom, sometimes it's like, I have to get it's only a little bit. <laughs> Other times it's like, I have to pee, I have to pee. It's like a gallon. So I don't know if it's that I have a small bladder or just that like my my pain threshold when it comes to having to go to the bathroom is low. Um, but on the way up, I had to, we're in the middle of nowhere up past whatever lake that was. Uh, like we didn't see anybody on the road. So, like, I just pull off a little bit, stop the car, hop out, basically pee in the middle of the road. <laughs> and and uh, my, my Midwestern brother here was polite enough to turn on the hazards for nobody. <laughs> like, I'm standing in the middle of the road taking a leak. And I, well, two people had already noticed you. So I was like, it yeah. might cause an accident because someone's like, that's We're on like a, a three mile straightaway, <laughs> and there's a guy standing in the middle of the road peeing. It would, for those of you who have ever driven across like South Dakota, it'd be like someone pulling over in Buffalo, South Dakota, on the side of the road and then turning the hazards on. There was literally nothing but pine trees for as far as you could see. Dude, we totally missed all that. Was it cloudy or something? I don't know. We didn't notice these. These the mountains up. are amazing. Amazing. Super cool. Yeah, I feel like I'm going through, I don't know. It's, it's like a Coors Light can. <laughs> <laughs> are you a Coors person or are you, a Coors? Bu- or no. you Bush? No, I don't. Uh, Wait, you don't like Bush either. You, I, well, I bought you Bush. I tease you. Listen, I am not picky and I'll drink cold beer I prefer like not beer that comes in a 30 pack like I'm not a (laughs) hey dude if I'm going to Costco and say is there any beer um, requests and you're just like if it's cold no you asked me what I wanted to drink and I said beer the only reason it was a 30 pack is because it was from Costco it was bush. People love the bush, by me. Listen, I drank it. I drank the hell out of it. Yeah. Normally, see, because I, I, I love beer, but I don't, like, I'll have, you know, a beer or two at dinner, and, or, you know, like, if I'm doing something, like, if I'm doing something outside or something like that. Yeah. You know, like, I'll have a beer. But I like 
typically more microbrews and stuff like that. Or yeah, I, I mean even that. like if I drink beer, it would be like I like something like a Moose Jewel yeah, or yeah. Uh, Steiner box really good uh-huh. something like that are you into that I didn't yeah. know that you yeah. could have said hey dude yeah. get what you like I'm not much of a beer drinker rarely drink beer um, like more I, of a I like wine and hard stuff I like getting on the hard yeah. I like to get down with it <laughs> although you taught me uh, a new little trick caution elk next 6k oh. what the heck this place goes from bighorn sheep to elk warnings. And there was a snail warning, right? Yeah, what? Yeah, what? There was a snail warning? Oh, yeah, there was. <laughs> there was a snail warning. Um, I think it was a cement mixer truck. <laughs> you taught me a secret about your little... Uh, the gin and tonic? Yeah, your gin and yeah. tonic recipe. That and I, got... I know you never made me a decent one. The only no. one I had was hot. Yeah. And it's... you spilled it all over the seat. Not I that think. seat, because that would have been... Well, yeah. I was sitting when the car was inoperable. That's true. And it was on. It was parked at a campground. Your pasture. <laughs> and we we slept in the car because we didn't have our yeah. spike camp up yet. Keys were gone. And the keys. I was driving. Uh, the battery wasn't even in the car. Yeah, I don't think we had gas either. There was no gas. And the car was up on blocks too. Yeah. I actually didn't even put the gin in. I. Yeah. I was like, kept my thumb on no, it. Like, Look how much I'm putting in, dude. It, it must be like a. Something. Yeah, that's more tonic. Yeah. It's or all tonic. For your monster energy. It's a little sticky. Um, yeah, so the gin and tonic you put at uh, a cucumber peeling. One cucumber peel. Well, not one, but you like put a, you know, two. Depends two? on how depends on how big your cucumber is. Like if it's if it's long, <laughs> quit. Like you've got to quit cranking your shaft and point it at me, dude. That's rude. <laughs> like you just take a peel or two off of the cucumber, okay. Um, and you put that in the gin and tonic. It uh, it's got a different flavor to it. Um, I can't take credit for it. Uh, my dad. That's how he has his gin and tonics and. Um, he learned it from some, you know, he had one in a bar some time years ago. But like, so what I, my little play on it that I had been doing is, uh, it's how you peel the, yeah, it's it's, how, you have to, it's how you peel your cucumber. Yeah, yeah, you have that gentle hand. And you, you know, twist. Yeah. As you go down. Um, you don't want to like abrade it or anything like that. <laughs> But I put a, a, a splash of grapefruit juice in there as well. Uh, you can use like a, um, if you get like grapefruit bitters or something like that too. You can oh, use that. and just like I just told him, this is a this is valid. Jim and I both are Traeger lovers. We love our Traeger grills. I got one and was gaga about it, and and then I I hooked Jim up with one, and. I didn't really, you could hook yourself up with one, but I told you, man, smoked, if you put grapefruit juice in a tin flat and then just run it on the smoke setting for a couple hours, open it up every 20 minutes or so, stir it so that that smoke just keeps getting on the surface and 
then just let it cool off and once it cools down pour it back into that grapefruit container and it makes unbelievable drinks when you have that little hint of smoke in the grapefruit juice it's really 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 good it might actually sweeten it a little bit just because yeah. you do warm it up some yeah and maybe just that little bit of heat breaks it down but uh it's awesome awesomeness yeah i've been drinking too many gin and tonic lately <laughs> i'd only made a couple at, at well camp, I, and I, would, I was like <laughs> i make them about i've definitely uh even though my dad gave me shit when i made them on the last last podcast uh he's like what are you doing the mother-in-law pour like because apparently i wasn't pouring heavy enough for him but i think i pour pretty heavy or like a sissy. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. That's right. Is that how we do? I don't know. I don't know You're going to be pouring some here a couple hours. <laughs> we'll see how they work out. Yeah. That's uh no, I was practicing something that I preach in hunting camp. Want to know what it is? I don't know what it is. What do you I always really try to monitor how late I stay up when I'm hunting so that I actually get good sleep and I'm able to, to do full hunts. A lot of people get in the habit of like really trying to party it up. And it's one thing if, if you're totally tagged out, but I can tell you from experience that being successful on a hunt, your success rate really climbs when you're able to maximize all your time on the last days when people are burnt out and they're shot because they're not getting good rest or they've been partying a little too hard or not eating properly um, they just aren't able to get up on time you know they kind of they're hungry so they just say well we're not going to see anything tonight let's just head back I mean or I really want to go back for lunch all that little stuff really starts to add up um, Technically, this morning, you know, we got we got up early this morning. Yeah, we got up um, just after daylight uh, because typically the bears, when it's cold like this, they're not really moving till middle of the day when it's warm enough to where they're not exerting energy. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of said we need to just maximize as much as we can, even yeah. though we went to bed fairly late. We did get up early. But there's a few times where your gin and tonics, I could hear you fumbling, fumbling <laughs> around out there. I was asleep before gym every night. It was only... I don't I, want to seem like a Sally here, but... No. I heard one, I, one we night getting, I heard we, we you were, drop water or something, and yeah, I heard you drop twice. an F-bomb right after that. Yeah. Well, I went to fill up. We didn't have any ice cubes, so we were uh, putting a little water. Dusty, Dusty is the one who showed me to do it, um, or he did it first. Put a little water in the Dixie cup and froze that, so then he had a little ice in his cup for uh, mixed drink. Um, I like it. So I went and I filled it up from the water jug, and I pulled the cup away, and I hit the spigot and spilled the cup of water. I'm like, fuck. So I spilled, filled it up again, pulled it away, hit the spigot, dropped it again, twice, within like five seconds. And... That was, yeah, I had two times. But we were getting back late, too. We were getting, I mean, we were getting back to the, the lodge at Well, if you hunt, if you hunt, 
Man. daylight till dark in Canada. Yeah. You're hunting 18 hours a yeah. day. Yeah, that's crazy. At least. I mean, it's, it is nuts. But like this morning, we did get up early and we went out and I actually um, had a bear right in front of us at 100 yards and I could have filled my second tag, I think. Yeah. Guess what I do? Called, tried to help me out. We freaking turn around, drive like crazy all over the mountain trying to find Jim so that Jim can get his tag filled. And the bottom line was, if I wouldn't have got my sleep, ladies and gentlemen, I wouldn't have been there to find that bear for Jim. It's true. But I did because when the party was getting loud... I found my earplugs. Dusty said I was snoring. Like you were. I, yeah. He said he could hear it through the walls. Yeah. Well, I was. My wall was. We shared a wall, dude. We shared a headboard. <laughs> I heard you. Oh, Dusty said you could hear in the kitchen. What is this guy doing? Wow, that. Just ripped over. Am I allowed to do that? Go yeah. over here. Whatever. I think he's pissed off because we got some truckers driving like. Yeah, you don't triples. Oh wait. I didn't know I was squeezing that fast. Yeah, neither did I. But we made it. I'm right between a manure truck and yeah, some other what a big rig. Big rig. So we're gonna get sandwiched. Yeah. Hopefully not. Now, the cool thing about traveling around with you is if anyone wants to flap their gums, you're gonna get one of those perfectly placed shin bones to the lower part of the quad or the yeah, upper oh yeah. part of the hamstring. Yeah, I can go like Can you lower, actually detach those quad. tendons if you hit it hard enough? Like, can On you... On the side there? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've never... Jackass Mountain. It said... <laughs> they named it after Did us. you see what it said? It <laughs> yeah. said chain up... What did it say? Chain up, gents? And then it said Jackass Mountain. Jeez, we're going down a hill. This is awesome. Chain up, bitches. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not chained up. No. We're a Volvo. We're in a Volvo. Don't need to chain up. This thing was born in the yeah. Swiss Alps. All wheel drive. I don't I think. It's not Swiss, though, is it? I don't know. It's something. It's foreign. Foreign masterpiece. We've got uh, a lot of. We've got a lot of foreign followers UFC followers and uh-huh. archery archery's big in Europe I, it's it's really cool no stopping because it's an avalanche area do you see that that's pretty cool yeah don't stop avalanche area let it rip like you better go oh they're not wanting people to jake break <laughs> landslide <laughs> this is kind of crazy yeah. this country's disappeared Apparently this road gets closed all the time. Well, yeah, all the time. Well, it's not either like you have to get there's lumber a, trucks. Yeah, dumping if, lumber on the road, or if you ever fly into Vancouver and you're driving north into British Columbia, uh, we'll give you a little tip that we learned as as tourists. Mm-hmm. You have to go to a website. What's it called? I think it's Drive BC. Drive BC. Yeah. And 
Jeez, dude. Drive Do BC. Not pick up that shady yeah. character. Yeah, that guy. When he, when people have no teeth and they have that big frowny thing. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, <You're> like, hmm. <laughs> That's what he looked like. Didn't look happy to get no. him to thumb a ride. But anyway, you have to look. You, you need to go on that website and it'll Gas, give you. or ass, bro. <laughs> yeah, it'll give you updates on whether or not your travel route's closed, and it'll give you alternatives or possible how long it takes to close. Jeez, we're we're now down to five miles an hour behind the semi. Um, so yeah, we were coming on this uh, highway one, which is literally a double lane road that goes north and south through BC and there was a bad accident they closed the road so that they can do a you know whole like accident investigation type scene and thanks Banks thank you sir and the old uh, toot gave him the toot toot there you go and uh yeah we found out that we could either take an alternative route around yeah. which was about an extra three hours yeah, drive backtrack backtrack jackass yeah. mountain summit um backtrack or <clears throat> waited out we literally waited it out we rolled the dice we gambled and, and we came out we, about we, two we, hours ahead yeah. by waiting two hours yeah. and we actually met a really nice uh, couple from australia yeah. that these people well, they were driving. It, yeah, they were driving a, a rented RV, yeah. and she was she was really nice, kind of like she reminded me of like the perfect little grandma. <laughs> she had like thirty one days of every single yep. stop. Every, stop was, every stop was plotted out on a map, yeah. not an iPhone. She had the map and had the highlighter route, little pencil marks knew every single day where they were going, yep. what they were seeing, and uh, yeah, we almost, it, we thought the road was going to be closed so long, we almost, like, turned around, god, that was a cool waterfall, yeah, we almost turned around and went back and just should have, like, set up that RV and drank a bottle of uh, Yellowtail with the Australians. But we didn't. We didn't. Waited it out. Waited it out. Traffic the, got moving. The best was the guy that was like at the stop. He's like, oh yeah, it's closed up ahead. You know, it was closed like, what, 40 kilometers up the road? Something like that? Yeah. And he's he like, oh, when's it going to reopen? Uh, between like four and six ish or something. <laughs> he was very happy to give us no information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they sent them like two hours down the road from yeah. the traffic to stop people and say, just so you know, there's a there's an accident truck, out there. Yeah. And I said, well, so is it close? Mm, well, it's supposed to reopen. Okay, is there a different route we could take? Uh, I don't really know. You could look at the website. Okay, well, when's it supposed to reopen? Uh, sometime. Sometime here or there. It's like, wow, okay. But the website was good. Well, 
What do we got? What do we got? We're getting close, yeah. and I'm gonna have to dive in. What do you got over there for? I this? got some, some buffalo, hot buffalo wing pretzels. Sound disgusting, but I'm gonna they're try delicious. them. They are? Yeah, they're amazing. Okay, well. They're very greasy though. If we do that, if we do that, we can't be podcasting because no. the people with this major microphone down by our arm is going to hear the loudest crunching, crackling. Inappropriate. It'll be totally inappropriate. Yeah. So, thanks everybody. Well, it's your podcast. It is, it is my podcast. Yeah, you know? sorry. So, thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning in <laughs> to the Handsome Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what I do. Like my sign off is like, "Hey guys, go fuck yourself, San Diego." <laughs> That's your sign off. <laughs> no. um, yep. Catch us again uh, the next time we're on. Thank you very much for tuning in. You got all nice at the end. I did. I did. That's what I try to do. I try to have like a sultry, uh, sexy voice, you know, to like calm them down. Like a sweet, savory piece of food. Yeah. Where yeah. you taste, you're like, oh, it's like, man. oh, this is intense. But then it's like, ooh, that oh. was kind of weird. <laughs> and then things just kind of get like, like a. But then the finish is so yeah, smooth that yeah. you're like, man, it's I've like got to tune in next it's like time. A, a super sour, like, atomic warhead with, like, a piece of, like, eel sushi in it. Oh, my God. And then, like, a caramel in the middle. <laughs> so it's like, whoa, this is weird coming at me real hot and then it's like oh god that's kind of I didn't, I didn't really want that and then these kind of just smooth out if I ever smooth had one finish. of that I would never have another one <laughs> alright yeah. guys we'll catch you later wait for the caramel wait for the caramel at the very there end there you go tune in next time tune in next time thanks for tuning in remember to like share and subscribe to the hands on podcast Catch us just about every Friday night on Facebook Live. Thanks. Have a good night.